Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Shulman, and I am a professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, where we've launched the Product Management Center, trying to give access to knowledge, opportunity, and community to everyone. And so we're here every single week on Clubhouse and recorded and shared on every major podcasting app to help you learn how to succeed in product management. And today we're joined by our guest Arvind, and we are going to talk about roadmapping and prioritization. And as we roadmap and prioritize, I want to say real quick at the top of the show, because Red and Sumeya have become family to me, I prioritize family. And for those of you who have been caught one of those episodes back in October, my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer back in October. It was devastating news. She has been so inspirational and foundational to everything I do. And today we find out that she had a scan and the scan was unable to detect cancer. So chemo is working. Red and Sumeya, thanks for being there from day one and supporting me along this roller coaster ride that's not over, but we have some news to celebrate today. Woohoo! Uh, thank you yeah. for Yay. sharing that. <laughs> yes, thanks for listening. And so now let's prioritize learning and enriching the lives of product managers. Arvind, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey in product? Hi, Jeff. Glad to hear about your mother's situation. And I must say you are a great seller because you did sell me on joining this. In fact, this is my first time in Clubhouse. So you did make me download the app. (laughs) So thanks for that. My pleasure. And then I also realized uh, I haven't been active on Twitter. So turns out to log into Clubhouse, you have to actually be active on Twitter. That's one way of logging in. So you also made me, you know, reactivate my Twitter account. So thanks again for that as well. So Quickly about myself. So my name is Arvind, and I'm a product manager for this product called Microsoft Teams. And essentially, I'm responsible for embedding the Teams experience into third-party applications. So think about, you know, ERP, CRM. So our goal is to uh, make these apps collaborative. I've been in the product management space for about 10 years now. I love uh, design and design thinking and the the entire creative aspect of uh, product management as well. Glad to be here. Looking forward to a great conversation. All right. Thank you for being here. And then Sumeya, you're here every single week. Everybody here knows you by now, but uh, very quickly, tell us a little bit about your journey. And then your superpower is that you could tell why everybody should care about what we're going to talk about. So why is roadmapping and prioritization a topic that everybody should stay tuned for the full hour? (laughs) Well, I think this is one that there isn't a lot of ambiguity about. Every product manager who is doing product management probably has been responsible for a whole product roadmap or parts of it. And so me talking about the importance of that is, is probably tiresome. But I would say to new product managers that product management has both an art and a science to it as in everything we do. In this conversation today, we're going to talk about what makes a great roadmap. We're going to talk about what 
is not part of a great roadmap because I've seen so many throughout my career. And I feel that it will be important for all of us to have clarity around that. And then when it comes to prioritization, I think different companies have different frameworks, different PMs have different ways of doing it. But we can together talk about some of the ways we have seen it work well, some of the things that or uh, dynamics that might require you to use one framework versus the other. I know frameworks are something many of us like. And when it comes to prioritization, that part is rife with choices of frameworks. So I'm excited about that conversation. Back to you, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Samaya. And then Red is here every single week. Red, tell people how they can get involved in today's conversation. Absolutely. It was just happened to be on my roadmap to talk about this very thing, Jeff. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Red E? Oh, no. <laughs> No. So you just lost someone. Someone just had to leave the room. (laughs) So for everyone who's new to this, we have a Slack channel that we make available for everyone to get involved in asking questions, to join the community. Uh, You also see a red dot at the top of the screen, that red circle, is to mark the fact that tonight's show is being recorded. And the recording is there so that after the show, for those who couldn't make it, we can Make this an inclusive conversation. Ultimately, we'll be publishing this out as a podcast on how to succeed in product management. If you check out Spotify or Apple, you will find us. And we're very proud and excited to say, Jeff, I got a message from Clubhouse. Today marks my one-year anniversary. Today with Clubhouse. So very excited for the platform. The reason we hosted on Clubhouse is that later in about 20 minutes, you have an opportunity to get on stage and ask questions. So I'm seeding the mind. I'm giving you an opportunity. Either join our Slack group and ask me to ask questions on your behalf or jump up on stage in a bit and use Clubhouse as an opportunity to have your voice heard. So welcome to the best show in our humble opinion for product managers. And we're excited to host you all tonight. Back to Jeff. All right. And so that's the introductions out of the way. You now know why you need to hear about roadmapping and prioritization. You know a little bit about our guest Arvind and his journey in product. And now it's time, Arvind, to question Who owns the roadmap? Let's start there. Who owns the roadmap and what does it mean to own a roadmap in your view? Yeah, absolutely. Before sort of I get into the details of who owns the roadmap, I do think like as a product manager, both the ability to prioritize and build an effective roadmap is like a superpower that every product manager needs to have, right? That's, I think, one thing that differentiates between a great product manager and sort of an average product manager is the ability to sort of not only build a roadmap which is meaningful for the user, but also having the ability to communicate it both internally and externally is very important. So depending on what stage of product management you are in, in your career, this can really depend, right? So for example, most people start out by prioritizing some features and that you would want to put it in a roadmap. From features, you graduate to a product and then a group of products, eventually an organization, a company, and eventually an industry. So depending on your career stage, this can predominantly change based on, you know, if you're just managing one feature, let's say an example would be, just pick an example, let's say, you know, Instagram Reels, right? So if you you were owning that, I think even within that, there'll be several features that several PMs will own. So that PM would specifically own the roadmap of that particular feature. But as you think of the scale that keeps increasing, then you would sort of work with other PMs and uh, you will eventually work with other cross-functional teams. Um, So PM is always on point, but I would say that who owns the PM, I think 
pretty much everyone owned together the roadmap is owned it is a shared responsibility between the engineering organization the product management organization and the supporting partner teams as well red promised some controversy with that question I don't know if we'll get it. Sumeya, do you have a, a bone to pick with what Arvind said here? I have like just a, a nuance to draw on here, which is the product management function owns the roadmap, but the whole team is accountable for it. So who has responsibility of putting it together? Who has ownership over updating it and making sure it's accurate? Just as an artifact product managers do, who has responsibility for making sure the roadmap reflects reality, but also clarifies direction. The product management team does, but who has to execute on it and who's accountable for that execution is everyone in the company, everyone from the sales team to customer support, to engineering, to design, etc. So that's uh, the only different way I look at it. And Arvind, question for you. How do you avoid making the roadmap turn into a to-do list that gets scrapped and revised every couple of months as new information comes in? Uh, that's a great point, Jeff. And so may I, I agree with you. Eventually, I think PMs are responsible for owning the roadmap, but the accountability is shared. Totally agree with you on that. So in terms of you know some common fit- pitfalls right, that we see in roadmap is roadmap is not a wish list, right? And like you said, it's also not a list of your urgent commitments. It's not something that maybe a certain seller has made a commitment and and a big account is screaming for a feature and you put it on a roadmap. So in a roadmap, I think that is a common pitfall that we typically see. So it's not that. So the way to sort of overcome that, I think the key thing here is it's actually twofold. Number one is as you are building your roadmap, you have to, as a product manager, understand uh, who is the audience for this particular roadmap. Right? So if it is an internal audience, then you will have like a different set of things on your roadmap. And if it's an external audience, you have to be even more careful in terms of what you put in that roadmap. So the first thing is to sort of understand uh, who the audience is and then align the business objectives and internal objectives to what features you're, you're putting in there. So essentially, think of this roadmap as it's a visual summary of your statement of intent, right? As a product manager, you are, you're telling your team, you're telling your organization that this is where the market is going. This is where I would want my product to go. And these are the features that will enable it. Uh, and it's essentially a summary of that. So aligning internally is super important. And then secondly, what is also important is to sort of understand that roadmap should not be blocking your current commitments. So also think of it in terms of short-term versus long-term, because short-term roadmaps tend to be more like in the form of a recent release cycle that is coming out. And then the long-term roadmap tends to be more like a vision statement, right? So also understanding and differentiating and articulating it and socializing it is super important. So again, just to sort of recap, I think the most important thing is to understand who the audience is and align with their business goals and then understand, is it a short-term roadmap or a long-term roadmap? And then basically make sure that everyone understands that, you know, what is the outcome that that will come out of this? Because the last thing we want to do is we want to block the ability of the product team to be able to learn and pivot from those learnings. 
right what we don't want this to be is is like a something that is written in stone that goes to a customer and then you can't change back so that is not the intent of roadmap sumeya anything to add to that how you personally have seen a way to avoid just a laundry list of to do items that ultimately get scrapped as new information comes in yeah i think there is always a healthy tension when uh, designing your roadmap between what you think is certain <laughs> and what is highly unlikely, but maybe likely. As you go through time, depending on how how uh, far your horizon is, the certainty, of course, decreases. So sometimes if you were to include the list of features, which is a big no-no for me in your roadmap, I only trust the features that I see you're saying you're going to deliver in the next month, essentially. And if not, if I see any features beyond that, to me, that's a list of assumptions rather than features. But anyway, you should not include features in your roadmap. <laughs> but what I think about first as an underlying principle is your roadmap must align to your vision, regardless of the time horizon that your roadmap covers, number one. Number two, your roadmap should include some shore bets and some big bets. I see this more often than not is that a road, roadmaps actually don't include any big bets and also don't include too many. If, if, For example, in an enterprise product, if you have more than one big bet, that's too many, especially if we're talking about a one-year or 12-month time horizon. It just takes a long time to get the product done, to get it to market, to test it, or even to to do the research and, and to get customers to react to it. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think of roadmaps as iterative. So yes, you don't want to iterate every two weeks. You don't want to, you know, make it every, it doesn't iterate as as quickly as your backlog does. But I don't see a problem with your roadmap actually changing every two months, depending on the market and depending on what's going on. So don't be afraid to change it based on the data. Having said that, usually if you are changing it too often, it, it might mean that you have it at a lower level of detail and you need to just go up one level because the, that, the correct level uh, should be at the outcome stage. So your roadmap should be focused mostly on outcomes, maybe have some dates, and you can get away sometimes depending on the organization with having no dates just by doing now, next, later. But if you want to have less edits, you need to keep it at a higher level. But then you have to balance that with the team's need to have focus and clarity. Because they're using those outcomes to drive other things such as OKRs or even features or prioritization. So there, it's always, you know, when we talk about tension, I know you hear me talk about tension in every single show or episode. It's not because it's my shtick. <laughs> it's because we live that every day. You, you need to have enough detail, but not too much detail. And then the last point I want to bring up here is about... Uh, the the organization. Everyone in the organization needs to be able to see your roadmap. 
Sometimes you include other things in your roadmap just for the product team, such as assumptions and risks that you don't want outsiders to see. And by outsiders, I mean external to the organization, like maybe customers, let's say, maybe. Uh, But everyone else, like the engineers and the designers, they should be privy to it. Marketing, roadmaps that are a secret, it's never good news. And that's one of the most unhealthy signs you can see in a product organization. And yet I see it in a lot of product organizations. So make sure you share it widely. You communicate it clearly. All right. Both of you, great points there. And so I do want to dive deeper into this. Both of you touched on the strategic level of, of who's involved and how how you share it and, and kind of what goes in. I want to dive a little bit into tactical with roadmapping because I know both of you are saying, yeah, there's no way I'd put features in there. But sometimes I've seen product managers kind of struggle with this, that they, they get too tactical in the roadmap. So I want to get tactical as to how to make a strategic roadmap, one that both guides people towards what they're trying to do and and helps them prioritize among different uh, activities, has enough clarity, but also is is flexible uh, to adapt to the situation that you're in. Uh, So um, Arvin, do you have any kind of tactical recommendations about how you piece together all that, what goes into this roadmap and, and how you present the information? Yeah, sure. So I think a part of this is like, who's the audience of this roadmap? Because I do think the same information sometimes has to be presented differently based on whether the audience is internal or external, because there are some things that, you know, you may not want to share externally. And likewise, internally, you know, there could be other teams that depend on what you're telling them. So you have to be very careful when you sort of have this sort of plan of record and also set the expectation that, you know, this may change based on the learnings. So I think at a very, very high level, right? So what this is, is it boils down to what is the uh, impact versus the cost, Right, at a very high level. So there is there is a certain vision, as um, Somia mentioned, right? So your product has a vision, your company has a vision. Sometimes it's called objective key results in some companies. Uh, but essentially, there is that North Star. But aligning to that, you have certain milestones or certain phases. And your immediate next step or the next milestone is what should guide you to what your short-term roadmap should look like. So think of it like, you know, you're, you know, I'd heard this analogy of you're driving a car in a, in a dark road. So you just care about the road, which you can see. So your headlight can only see to a certain distance, right? And everything else is dark. So I like that analogy because a lot of it is like that. Like, you know, short-term, you will have higher confidence in what you're trying to achieve versus as you think of long-term, there will be a lot of ambiguity there. So when it comes to like short-term strategic uh, roadmap, I think at a very high level, again, it boils down to what is your business objective? Like, are you at this point in time, are you trying to sort of, what is the problem that you're trying to solve for the for the business? Are you trying to grow users? Are you trying to reduce churn? Or are you trying to grow revenue? So what exactly are you trying to do? And how does, what you're trying to do helping that objective? And what is the cost associated with that? I think if you keep it at that high level, that sort of keeps the story clean and uh, much more easy to digest and also much more easy for your leadership to basically digest and also support you in that vision. Samir, anything to add to tactically what goes into the roadmap and how you collect and present your ideas to get everybody working in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of points to add here. So, when it comes to putting together the roadmap and what what the details that matter in it, I know I said no features, but that doesn't mean you don't put epics. And I think it's very important that you have some level of 
epics or or high feature consolidation. What do I mean by that? So your company, for example, is going to say the executives in your company will sit down and say, hey, for the next year, we want to increase our revenue by 100 percent for this specific product. And we want it to see it be a $200 million product, let's say. And that usually happens at the strategy level. The product teams, especially in startups, can contribute to that strategy by providing insights from the customer or the market. But in larger companies, usually that's done at the strategy. So we would sit down, the CPO would sit down with the CEO, the CFO, and head of sales, and and we would come Come, come up with some of those numbers with understanding of other numbers about the market, etc. And then that number comes to the product team and it's part of this larger vision or larger goals that the company has. And so then the question to the product team is how do you make that goal of 200 million, which is a growth from 50 million, happen over the next 12 months or over the next 24 months. And so the team, usually the product team or the product directors sit down together and talk about what are the sure bets, the things that if we did today will get us, you know, 50 million or 100 million or maybe 200 million incremental because we're brainstorming and we're trying to think about that. And uh, let's say we come up with a list. And so we take that list and there is a prioritization, estimation process, and a certainty barometer that we work with. You know, how much experimentation do we need to do to actually determine if this is this thing we're saying we're going to do, this set of features or this epic is going to actually lead to a $50 million revenue increase. And that then leads us to doing a little more details. When I say epic, for example, an example of an epic is saying, if we were to use a product like Twitter, an example of an epic is the, what's the name of the feature that's similar to Clubhouse in Twitter? Spaces. Twitter spaces. spaces. That's it. Exactly. So spaces would be an epic when the team starts talking about it in the early days. And then over time, of course, it's going to take a a whole other shape of its own. But then within that epic, the product team knows that there are things around onboarding, there are things around audio capabilities that need to be built. And they can have all those details in the back end or under an assumptions section. But at a high level, the only level of detail needed there is a statement around the ability creating an audio feature that allows uh, users to convene and chat ad hoc within the app. And that would be enough as a statement around what is this thing. And then you need more details around outcomes, cost, and other data items that you need sometimes for your roadmap. All right, Arvin, did you have anything to add or react uh, to what you heard from Sumeya? Yeah, I think those are all great points. Uh, in terms of sort of, you know, making it tactical, one place you can always start as a product manager is your backlog, because I think that is like a, a set of ideas that you already have in your uh, in your back pocket, right? So that is one way to think about it, where tactically you can think of, okay, what are these things that exist in your backlog? What What feature ideas, what user stories, what bugs or you know what 
what do you have in your backlog and are there any recurring themes that you see here and how are those themes helping you in sort of getting to that immediate goal that you have in front of you you know whether it's like revenue or it's like growing your user base or growing engagement uh, so that would be the other thing i would just add here like you know start with what you have in your backlog all right, so we got super tactical just to help people understand. Because again, I know to you, you each have a, a fairly similar view as to what goes in the roadmap. But I've just seen this as a question of how do I avoid uh, a list of features that keeps getting deleted and, and revised and scratched out. And uh, one one resource I found that was helpful is uh, at the Women in Product conference uh, several years ago now, uh, a woman from Betterment talked about a question-based roadmap. Do you have any resources, either Sumeya or Arvind, that you would point people to if they want to see how to get either tactical or strategic with their uh, how they approach roadmapping? By the way, I love the question-based one. I also have a version of it called assumptions-based roadmap, which is essentially what does the team work on next to clarify or to learn from for us to move forward. And it's a great way, if you have a culture that actually believes in learning, that's a great way to put action to principles because a question-based one or an assumption-based roadmap allows the team to continuously learn and focus on learning rather than other things. So that's definitely one way to do it. Marty Kagan has one or has written a lot about the alternative roadmap. And I might not use his exact framework, but what I like about not getting so bogged down into the dates is it allows the team to only focus on the near future with precision and allow the future to keep on marinating <laughs> because the future has a lot of factors that impact it. And as soon as you start, you know, adding quarters or months to it, it just, people keep remembering dates rather than that there are all these other external circumstances that can impact it. So yeah, I, I think Marty's alternate alternative roadmap is one I would also recommend. Arvind, anything to add to that? Yeah, I love that. And I agree with both of you. You know, I think question-based approach is a great one because depending on how you ask and frame the question, you will get completely different outcomes, right? And the, the analogy I like here is, you know, if you ask the question of how can I build a better bridge will give you a different outcome from if you ask the question of how can I get across the river, right? It's sort of the, the same intent, but asked in a different way. So I think that's a great approach to sort of asking those clarifying questions and then connecting it back to the core objective that your product vision has or your company has. I'll add a few other ways in which you could frame like some mental models of how you could think of these roadmaps. Essentially, if you're sort of building a product which is in a growth path, like the, then the roadmap could be essentially a status-based roadmap, which is, you know, you have MVP, then you want to add some more features to it, and then you have the final version. Right. So it's like the crawl, walk and run as is the another way of sort of thinking about it. So incrementally, you're adding more features. So status based roadmap is one. Second, if you are sort of a product manager who's managing like, you know, multiple types of things or products, then you can also think of themes. Right. And these themes can be connected to your user stories. So what are the user problems that you're solving as a product manager? So it could be like, you know, for example, if you're solving the problem of uh, collaboration, so there could be multiple themes like, you know, you could be solving the problem of whiteboarding 
or you could be solving the problem of sharing files. So these could be also like bucketed into various themes. So theme-based roadmap is also an approach. And the final one is outcome-based, which is, you know, which I think sometimes resonates the most with the leadership, which is your leadership may set out like a vision for the company. Let's say they have said, we, we want 100 million users. So one way to do this is, okay, so we will do these things that will get us 5% of that goal, 50% of that goal, and then 100% of that goal. So outcome-based is also an approach. So those are sort of different mental models as you can think about it. There's no one way of doing it. It really depends on, you know, who's your audience? What are you trying to convey to them? All right. I think we have a nice juicy base here by which we could not just take my questions, but the audience questions. I think we've got enough on tactics of the roadmap and a little bit of the strategy as to who you need to bring on board and, and how you use it. And so, Red, are you Red E? You, uh, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. I couldn't resist, man. It's a great day for me, as I said at the top of the show. Got to mm-hmm. throw down the terrible humor. But Red, tell them what that red circle means if you're Red and uh, let's engage this crew out here. Brock on, happy to do so. So we are, this <laughs> for everyone who was here from the beginning, it's a live show. For those who just joined, uh, my name is Red, one of the founding advisors for the product management center at the University of Washington. And we're recording tonight's show because the whole focus of our product management center is to be inclusive. We want others out there in the world of product and those who think it's hard to get into the world of product to see a path to getting in. And we want to be that path. So tonight, we want to invite you, those who have questions, whether you're a product manager or not, you're curious about the path to making either a name for yourself in product or better yet, you work at a company that has a roadmap and you're just curious about the magic that might happen there and how you can contribute to that. Please raise your hand, come on stage. We're recording tonight's show so that we can help others learn from your questions. If you're shy, there's also the Slack group. So you can ultimately jump in that Slack group by clicking in the link at the top of the page and coming in and saying, hey, Red, can you ask this on my behalf? So I'm going to be done speaking in just a second. But for those who do not know how to ask a question, and I mean that in a technical sense, there is a little hand raise at the bottom of the page. It looks like a little hand on top of a piece of paper. Click on that right now. Come up on stage and express your questions. Or if you want to stoke a little controversy, maybe you have opinions of your own and you like to express those and see how you are taken on by the best and brightest in the industry. So with that in mind, Jeff, I'll hand it back to you while we wait for those to ask questions. And I'm going to scoop through the Slack channel to see what is popping up there. I'm excited to see what is on people's minds this evening. All right. So you heard it from Red first. You've got a chance to get your question answered. Red's going to manage that stage. I'm going to throw one question out to Arvind and Sumeya. How do you, as you're roadmapping and prioritizing, how do you make the case for accessibility and inclusive technology early on? You know, we have this whole lean product and, you know, MVP. And so you kind of want to just get to the need as soon as you can. But sometimes if we if we go too far down the rabbit hole, it becomes really expensive and harder to convince people to make accessible or inclusive technology. So how do you get that prioritized early in the process? Arvind or Sumeya, any thoughts on whether uh, on that comment? Yeah, I think about that through two prisms or one prism and two uh, decision criteria. One, the roadmap is not a launch plan. So I don't see any conflict between being lean and how often are you launching? What are you launching first versus second, etc.? That's one. Two, I think if you're building 
to be inclusive and building for users who need more attention, for example, let's just say, then you're building for everyone. Again, I don't see a conflict here. I think build for an inclusive product and release as you have things done and as things are valuable for your users. All right. Thanks for answering that. Arvin, unless you have something to add, I'm going to let Red get to the stage so we could get the people here on questions answered. So Red, floor is yours unless Arvin wants to cut you off. <laughs> Arvin, going once. Go ahead, Red. <laughs> All right. Well, then rock and roll. We have, oh, we just saw someone drop, and it looks like we're going to go to the next name here. Uh, we have a product solutions architect, Priya, or Priya, hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. As someone that is ultimately in the product space, I am curious. Are you here to throw a little flame into the fire as far as what we're talking about? Or do you have a question? The stage is yours. Hey, this is Priya. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think, you know, one of the things that I'd like to start off with is I am a product solution architect as well as a product leader within the bad debt side of management in the T-Mobile and happy to say that we are a proud platinum sponsor. So, woohoo. Yeah, this <laughs> and, is where um, you jump in. <laughs> yes, yes. Fast to the mute button. Thank you, T-Mobile, for being a platinum sponsor on the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, investing in really bringing more diverse voices into product management. And thank you, Priya, for the shout out on that. And thank you, T-Mobile. Awesome. Thank you. So my question is, you know, to, and I've been building product roadmaps more on systems and applications that are more as replacements and enhancements and, you know, the, you know, you're replacing and uh, digitally transforming. So in such cases, when you're showing a product roadmap to a business audience and a technology audience, how do you articulate a value unlock in terms of their business goals? And, you know, how do you align it up? We talked about OKRs, we talked about a couple of things that, you know, are cost related and goal related. But then when you're explaining to a business audience on how you can actually unlock their goals and values, do you really show down to the metrics of, you know, how you can improve? And if so, how can you do that at a an epic level, or do you have to go a little bit more granular? I think this is a great question, Arvin, to start with you. And uh, by the way, for those who are not familiar, when she says epic level, I interpret that as epic, but I'm assuming you actually mean it in the product sense. So product joke. <laughs> I'm giving you a laugh on that. <laughs> by the way, I'm using T-Mobile phone right now, Priya. So thanks for the plug. Um, great service. Always love it. So I think uh, to your question, it really sort of boils down to, you know, again, I'll reiterate, I think it's really about the audience, right? So when who are you showing this roadmap to? Are you showing this to like an executive in your customer organization? And what do they care about? So if you can boil it down to the business outcomes that they are looking for, then I think that may be one way of doing it. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure what problem you're trying to solve here in terms of what technologies you're replacing. But maybe the technology is sort of helping that customer to overcome their internal pain points, right? So if it can be articulated in that fashion, that I think it, it then I think it can resonate quite well. And that that's how like I have used it in the past. Back to you, Jeff. Samaya, would you like to add anything on top of that? A little butter to the the bread here. <laughs> and cheese. No, Priya, I am curious. You heard uh, Arvin's answer. I'd love to hear your feedback or your reaction. 
Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is directly related to, let's say, the churn or cost to acquire customers or average revenue per user that we have or the retention cost. So there's just multiple factors. But then how I think visually representing it all together. And when I say product roadmap, it's like a one pager where you're showing everything in there. Right. So you've got so much information in there. But again, it depends on the audience as to what they're consuming. So if, if it's to both a business and a technology audience, customer-centric and technology audience, where do you sort of weigh in which matters the most, right? Meaning, does it align back to the Uber business goals and the OKRs, or do you have to go much more granular to explain that metric side of it? Just, yeah. just from your experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. In general, you want to show your outcomes to everyone who's internal in the team because you want everyone on the team to understand how the work they're doing is contributing to the business outcomes. And yes, there are some people who say they don't care, but ultimately you want everyone to care about outcomes that matter to the success and health of the this organization we're all part of. Having said that, I think so far we've been talking about roadmap in this capital R roadmap sense, or at least I've been talking about it that way. I think the roadmap that I present as a head of product to the whole organization or to my peers in engineering consolidates a bunch of products together. And so the details for me that really matters are around outcomes, whatever that outcome is. And a lot of times it's around revenue and around cost and around the quarters we think we're going to deliver them. And so that's the reality of that level of roadmap. But then at the product team level or at the product pod level, there, there are additional details that the team needs to give them a little more clarity. To your point about churn, so, for example, churn. So if you, and you are in a startup, the CEO, who is usually the product leader, will care about churn. But if you are in a large company with multiple products, with a portfolio of products, they don't necessarily care about churn. They just care about, ultimately, how many active users do we have? Just the numbers that actually show growth, more or less, unless you're in a retraction period, and then they start paying attention to everything else. So all of this <laughs> to say that... The product team can have a lot more detail in their roadmap that don't show up in the executive one, and they should. They should make the roadmap work for them, and they should have the roadmap make sense to them. But as a PM, because sometimes people will ask you to add things to the roadmap that, you know, corner you or make it, you know, make you responsible for updating it every week. If you find yourself updating your roadmap more than twice a month, your roadmap is a too low level of detail and you're better off just spending time working on your backlog. So those are the, the things I think about when really addressing the question of what detail to include. Include the detail your team needs, but not too much detail so that it's another backlog for you to maintain. Got Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you, uh, first of all, for coming back. Welcome back. We're, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary here for our clubhouse joining and kicking the things off. And I think, Jeff, the official anniversary is in two weeks, right? On the 22nd, is that right? February so. 16th was the day in 2021 that Sumeya Benganam, Red Rusek, and <laughs> Andrew Wynn, and Pooja Tripathi came together. And then you, me, and Sumeya 
kept back every single week since. Are we? And we're going to celebrate that. Are we going to do February a Lollapalooza? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a silver jubilee? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever we want to call it. <laughs> yes. We're going to celebrate the All-Stars. Priya, you're welcome to come back on February 15th because you are an early contributor to expertise here on this show. Thanks for popping in here today, too. Thank you. So I got another one from Slack. And not only that, it's our friend NY. Again, I like to protect people's confidentiality said they they wanted me to ask another question following up from last week for today's topic. So clearly, I have to respect that. The question is, and Sumeya, I might have this one aimed at you first. Apart from Jira, what other tools, not frameworks, but tools can be used for roadmap and prioritization aside from Jira? So I'd be curious, Sumeya, if you could help answer this one. And Arvin, would love you to weigh in as well. And if it is a Microsoft product, no one is judging. No one is judging. (laughs) I've used so many tools, but I have to say my favorite, hands down, is Miro. (laughs) I like the flexibility. And frankly, the tool is immaterial. I think what the tool helps people with is giving them predefined fields that, you know, allow them to bring the team together and be like, we have to fill this out. But the reality is I am at this point, I prefer to decide on those fields myself. And I like how Miro allows me to do that collaboratively with the teams. But then to communicate it, it's in Miro. And then we take that and then communicate it whatever channel we have to. For example, executives talking PowerPoint. Actually, a lot of executives now are comfortable looking at Miro. So it makes it easier And then uh, taking the epics from the roadmap and putting them in Jira or whatever you have to manage your backlog is the next step. But my simple answer for today is Miro. And how do you spell that? What's the URL? M-I-R-O. Perfect. Okay, so we got a double for Jira. It's inevitable, but love to Miro to start the process. Arvind, what about you? Microsoft Teams, perhaps? (laughs) Of course, Azure DevOps. (laughs) What, so no, what is so, it? Uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I cannot endorse any products, but essentially, you know, there is a Microsoft product called Azure DevOps that can be used for prioritization. And essentially, it uh, you know, as as Somia also mentioned, you know, if you're sort of in that brainstorming phase where you're sort of you know still socializing how you want to present or build this roadmap, there are a bunch of whiteboarding apps. And again, I'm not endorsing anything, but you know, there is Figma, Envision. Proto.io. There are a bunch of things that are basically just free of cost that you can get started with. And when it comes to presenting, you know, a lot of times it, it can be a simple PowerPoint slide. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be super complicated. And that's the whole challenge with roadmap is, is that you want to make it super simple and easy to understand, right? Without, so you have to draw the right balance between, you know, how much you want to share versus how much you want to convey. So sometimes it is as simple as just a PowerPoint slide. And even with an Excel sheet and a PowerPoint, you can do a lot of things. That is a timely response because I just got another question that has to do with communication. So, Jeff, do we have time for one more from Slack? We we? always have time for Red to engage the Slack community, the Product Management Center Slack community. Perfect. Okay. So this one comes from JM. You know who you are. The question is, how do you communicate your roadmap to leadership when it comes to showing your progress on the value you are delivering? Arvin, I think it tail ends your initial advice about what to show or not to show or what to piece in. But I think it it is tangential, but still a very legit question. How do you communicate your 
roadmap to leaders when it comes to the progress or the value you're delivering. And that could be, it can mean a number of things. So if you have clarifying questions, please ask them and I'll get them clarified in Slack. But if you want to dive in, Arvin, I'd love for you to take a first stab at this. Yeah. So the way I think about this is, you know, really in different companies, there is a different planning cycle. You know, in some companies, you know, it's a trimester planning and it's a semester planning. I think that that's a good window of opportunity for you to sort of align and bring this to your leadership's attention. And the way sort of I have always approached this is that when by the time you get to your your leaders, you know, it should be sort of an obvious thing. Like, you know, it should not be a surprise. And the way you do that is socializing it with your team first, that everybody on your team is on board. And then your peers in terms of engineering teams and your design teams and your other partner teams, everybody is on the same page and they understand. And there is enough evidence that these are the right things to pursue in terms of user feedback and telemetry and data. So by the time you convey it to your leaders, you already have that buy-in from everyone. So it becomes but obvious. So that is how I would approach this. You know, think of the cadence in your company. Like when is this window of opportunity where you want to bring up this discussion? And socialize it with your team and your immediate partner teams. Gather enough user research and data to back back your thinking and ideas before you go in front of your leaders. Thank you, Arvind. Uh, Sumeya, I just saw you come off mute. Yeah, I think this question is so important, especially on the enterprise side when you don't see numbers right away. Numbers take a long time or outcomes take a long time to manifest. And so you find yourself for months just giving updates on output, which is an anathema to excellent product managers anywhere. You don't care about the output. You don't really care about the feature. If the feature you're building doesn't get you to the outcome, that's waste. And so I think I know it's a like a painful reality, specifically in the B2B world, when you are working on brand new products or on features that take months to implement and test. And you have to give periodic updates on the progress, especially if your company is focused on outcomes. And so the things I like to include usually in my updates to to, uh, leadership include two things. One, what have we learned? And so whether the company is focused on learning or not, I wanna drive that message that we are, even if the company does not stress learning, I wanna stress that our team finds learning important and we wanna share what we've learned. So we started the week with these assumptions and this is what we were able to validate or this is what we were invalidating or we started the quarter with these assumptions and this is what we were able to learn that could benefit everyone else in the organization. So that's one, learning. And the second thing I like to share is the, High-level, high-level summary of the output or the features we developed so far. And of course, sometimes with the leadership team, they also care about the cost, you know, burn rate and all of that stuff. So all of that gets included. But uh, at least from my perspective, if I don't have data on outcomes yet, I focus on those elements. And then if I have outcomes that I can share then that's an amazing story. You know, outcomes around revenue, outcomes around new user acquisition, whatever it is that matters to us as a company within that quarter or that period of time. Sumeya and Arvind, if your advice could be compared to anything, 
I would compare it to Girl Scout cookies right now, the Thin Mints. And if anyone <laughs> out there has ever had a Thin Mint, that is the premium cookie that is only available at a select time of year, or in this case, if you join this clubhouse or listen to our podcast. So that is my analogy. Our I love it. You like Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I'm a fan, especially frozen from the freezer. Yeah. A hundred percent. Arvin, nice to you uh, came off mute. Do you have something to add to that? No, I was, I was just going to say I'm, now, I'm already hungry. <laughs> well, so, uh, Red, so far today, we've gotten yes. Arvind hooked on Clubhouse, on mm-hmm. Twitter, and mm-hmm. reunited his love with his phone from T-Mobile, and now Girl Scout Cookies. Our job is done. You have summarized my life story, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Little did you know you were going to be sold on stuff on this uh, show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Red, are you... Red E? No, no, I am not just ready. I am pumped up and I'm excited to say thank you to those on Slack who reached out with their questions. You know who you are. And to everyone else who's been here for the last hour with us as part of this conversation and those who raised their hand, we appreciate you and know every Tuesday we're going to be here for you. Thank you for your time and questions. Back to yes. you, Jeff. And thank you, Red, for leading that Q&A. Sumeya, I want to turn to you for concluding thoughts. We got a little bit more tactical into road mapping, but I think a, a lot of it's such a, an important topic that even how you approach the tactic kind of reveals a little bit of something about your strategy in terms of what's important to you as you put it down to paper. Sumeya, do you have any concluding thoughts as we talk about road mapping this group here today? Yeah, absolutely. I think we didn't talk about one scenario where road mapping doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> or just an assumption around what's included in the roadmap. Your roadmap could include one single outcome and that's it. And it could be for the next three months or like next 90 days and that's it. And that's okay. I think product managers get in trouble when they get stuck on an idea of or an image of what a roadmap should be but it's not the right thing for their team. Specifically, I'm talking about early days of products. I've seen a lot of product managers struggle with this uh, in the early days of a brand new product. They try to like make this fully baked out product when, you know, they have this huge assumption to begin with that would decide whether they should build the product to begin with or not. And so don't sweat it. The value is not in the product. The value is not in the roadmap. The value is in two things. Clarity of direction for your team. Does your team know what they need to do for the next 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, 90 days? Do they know what direction they should take? Does the company understand the costs involved or the commitment that need to be taken from multiple people around the company? Does marketing know that? Does sales know that? So it's a communication tool more than anything. The fun part is in bringing everyone together. This is actually a really important point. The fun part is in bringing everyone together and brainstorming together and aligning together so that you bring everyone to the table. Make sure there is healthy debate in the roadmap building process. If everyone around the table is just listening to you or just to the CEO, that's a problem. So you want that there. So for me, at this point, I really look at, I don't really look at the fields in a product roadmap or, you know, like with that artifact, how cool or snazzy it is. I look at the process it took to get there. Who are the people involved in it? How healthy was that debate? And then how clear is the communication? Does it convey and answer the points that are important to the team? 
All right. Thank you, Samaya, for joining us every week here on How to Succeed in Product Management. Some powerful concluding thoughts. Arvind, the pressure's on. Uh, deliver <laughs> equally powerful concluding thoughts. What do you have for us? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll just say this. A part of the product management job is you're building the plane and while you're flying it, right? Because no one's going to tell you what to do. It's kind of, a lot of it is while you're flying this plane and you're building it, you see some things, headwinds are changing. Sometimes, you know, the weather is changing and you have to keep adjusting as you're flying this plane. So it, it's not an easy job. At the same time, remember that, at least for me, what I've, how I've always approached this is have an open mind. There is no one single framework or mental model that has to work for everyone. So keep trying out a few things. Pay attention to the audience. What are they looking for? What are you trying to convey? Are you driving clarity? And are you socializing it enough with everyone? So I think that's the core of this entire idea of prioritization and roadmap. Because I think for every product manager, if there's one important superpower that you need to have, it's essentially this, to have have the ability to prioritize and drive clarity in your organization through roadmap. And if you can do that well, you will be a, a great product manager. Back to you, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Arvin. Appreciate you joining us today. And if you have to run before Red and I get to our concluding thoughts, no worries. We appreciate your valuable time and insight for everybody here today. Red, you get a chance for concluding thoughts before I close us out. Anything you want to get across? Yeah, I find it uh, incredibly important, Arvin, that you mentioned prioritization. I think that we need to dedicate a future conversation as a group to that one. But for right now, if I can leave anyone with anything, it's to please go on that Slack group, find Arvind on Twitter, find Sumeya and Jeff, reach out to them. If we can help you get an edge, a leg up in product. Arvind, I already got three people who Slack me today saying, I now feel more prepared for my work week thanks to the advice I got. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience joining a podcast, but it's real time. You've changed people's lives and we're here to do that every single week, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific. And there's also a whole product management center Jeff is going to tell you about. So with, with that in mind, good luck to everybody and just keep leaning on us if we can help you get a leg up as a product person. Back to you, Jeff. All right. Wow. How about that, Arvin? Changing lives in real time. The beauty of Clubhouse and podcasts that you could have impact long after we're done here today. Thank you again. And Red, thank you for the energy behind this. And Sumeya, uh, the two of you, every single week here on How to Succeed in Product Management, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. We're zeroing in on our one-year anniversary. We're going to have a one-year anniversary show on February 15th. We'll be back here next week with a fairly crowded stage talking about time management. So it's going to put my time management skills to the test of giving everybody uh, a voice. To, to talk about how they allocate their time across the different tasks associated with product management. I want to prioritize again that our definition of family. So here, Red and Sumeya have become family. My family is super important to me. Again, I'm grateful that there was great news uh, for my mom today. And also, uh, we've expanded what we mean by the University of Washington family. We have the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, and that is truly a family. It's not a, a badge. It's not a credential. It's a, a family, a group of people who are continuously supporting each other as we work to create a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. So if you are out there and you're like Arvind, who has some brilliant product management expertise and you'd like to share it, we have 96 fellows in the fall and winter cohorts of the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator. We want to see them get their first product management job. And what we need is mock interviews. So if you want to mock interview, if you want to connect with some diverse talent who's really energetic, hustling really hard to break into product management, we would love to have you mock interview the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator family. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect somehow and mock interview and help us make a more diverse, inclusive and skilled 
product management community. So that's all here from the Product Management Center at the University of Washington. And Red Sumeya Arvind, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>